0: This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Won't you stand with me this evening? Let's open in prayer. And while you are standing, I wanna take this opportunity and thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bear for the great privilege and an opportunity to minister the Word of God this evening. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight in the wonderful and precious name of Jesus. Lord, we recognize and know that this is your church. Come and have your way. We are nothing without you. I ask, Lord God, that you would bless every hearer this evening, that their ears are open to hear, their hearts are ready to receive, and their lives will change as a result of your word. And right up in advance, I want, I want to declare that I do not trust in my own ability, but totally depend upon you to come and speak through me exactly what you'd have your family here concerning this subject this evening. And we praise you for that, in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, turn to your neighbour, give them a half-five, tell them are you ready for the word, and then you may be seated. I want to encourage you to have a pen and a notepad. If for whatever reason you don't have that yet tonight, or you haven't uh, brought your Bible, you can also go to our church app, our CFC app, and if you go into that, right at the bottom on the left, you'll see a little thing that says notes. If you click on that, you'll get the outlay of the sermon, some scriptures, some points, and obviously some place for you to make notes. So are we ready for the Word? Good, good, good. Well, as you know, we've been going on a journey now for several weeks on a series called Seven Choices, These choices are all the choices that God wants you and I to make in order to live a fulfilled life and to please the Father, amen? We've learned so many wonderful things, importance of of God's love, choosing God's love, choosing generosity, choosing next steps, choosing to to, uh, fulfill God's plan and purpose for our life, choosing rest, I love that one, I taught it. (laughs) It's a good one on rest. And so we're going to continue with that this evening on uh, the next part of the series. And the theme verse that we've been following is Proverbs chapter 2, verse 11. And it says this, wise choices will watch over you. Let's just pause there for a moment. Wise choices will watch over you. Have you ever heard the term when somebody says, so-and-so is watching over you? That simply means they're there to look after you. If somebody's watching over somebody, they're there to make sure that everything goes well with them, to protect them, to provide for them, to make sure all is good. The Bible's saying that's what wise choices do for us. They make sure everything goes good when we make wise, godly decisions. Obviously, the opposite is also true. When we don't make good choices, they don't watch over us and challenges comes our way. So this is what we're focusing on. Now the Lord Jesus wants to give you and I some wise words so we can make a wise choice. choice. So why don't you turn with me to John 15. John 15, and we're gonna read from the CEV translation from verse number five. And Jesus says these words. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. I am the vine You are the branches. In other words, he's saying to you and I, I am the source of life. I am where you're going to get your direction from, your life from, your strength from, your stability from. That's what he's saying. The vine or the trunk or the main part. He says, "If that's who I am to you. And you are the branches. You are the pieces that hang out with me. That's what you do. He goes on to say, If, now that's a choice, right? If is always a choice. Whenever you hear the word if, you know a choice has to be made. He says, if you stay joined to me. In other words, if you will choose to be connected with me. If you make that choice, and I stay joined to you, I stay connected to you. You see the choice is always ours first, and the Lord will always respond positively. If you choose to stay connected, if you choose to stay joined, he'll automatically stay joined to you. Then this will happen then you will, say I will. It didn't say you might. It says, then you will produce lots of fruit. Your life will be productive. Things will go well with you. You will produce lots of fruit. But you cannot do anything without me. So once again, he's saying, if if you're not joined to me and I'm not joined to you, if we're not connected, it's not gonna go well with you. He then emphasizes that again in verse number six. He says, if you don't stay joined to me, if you don't stay connected to me, you will be thrown away. You'll be like a dry branches. Now you know if you've ever seen a branch that's no longer attached to a tree and it's lying on the floor, you start to see that the leaves start losing their color. They start to wither. Have you noticed that? And so there you can see that that life source was the actual tree or the trunk, in this case the vine. And as that branch was removed, it started to die. That's what started to happen. Eventually, when a branch is removed and it's, and it's removed for long enough, it becomes very brittle, easy to break. So when we're not connected to the Lord, we become easy to break. We're not flexible. The branch, when it's connected to the vine, is flexible. It can bend and come back. Have you noticed that? It's harder to break it. And so he then says, you're only good for one thing to be thrown into the fire and burnt. And that's all that dry branches are good for. So what is Jesus saying to us? Well, that brings me to the subtitle of the message for this series this evening, Choose to be Connected. It's a choice. He said if, it's a choice. You and I need to choose to be connected. I wanna tell you a quick little story. How many of you have ever gone and done some shopping at the end of the month? Maybe it's your month in shopping or maybe you do it weekly and you're coming back from the store and your car's full of all the groceries, all the bags, all there in maybe the back seat or in the boot or whatever car you've got. And like Pastor Andre, you are what we call one-trippers. You don't like to go back to the car a second time. You wanna carry everything in one go, right? So whether there's 20 or 30 bags, you're gonna just go for it, you're just gonna get them all there, doesn't matter how heavy they are, burst in a few little blood vessels, but you're gonna be a one-tripper, okay? Now, there's always a problem with that. Inevitably, something's going to fall. And so I have uh, uh, three sons, that are all grown up now. The, ba- the baby's 21, so they're all grown up now. But when they were a lot younger and all the three boys were in the car, you always have to keep them entertained, right? You always have to keep the children entertained. Give them some toys or give them something to eat or some juice or bottles of water, whatever the case is. And if you go on a long enough trip, there's normally a lot of stuff left in the car when you get home, empty packets and bottles and all those type of things. Now when you get home, in my case, I wanted to clear the car out also in one go, a one tripper. So you pick up all the empty bottles and the packets and maybe the odd little bag or toy there and you got your hands full of these things and you're trying to make your way into your house and you feel something slipping but you're just gonna go for it anyway and then you hear this noise and you look down and there's your cell phone on the floor and you look a bit closer and the screen's cracked. And you look in your hand and you say, I've got empty bottles and I've dropped something that's more valuable because I'm choosing to hold on to things that have got no value. And that's what happens in our life. We make the wrong choices. We end up holding on to things that have no value. But you see, family, we are not the only ones who have dropped things that are important to us. We're not the only ones that have held on to stuff that we shouldn't have held on to. And we're gonna read an account that's found in the Old Testament in the book of Ruth. It's about a lady called Naomi. And let me just give you a bit of a a, a heads up on this story before we get into the portion we're gonna read. What happened was Naomi and her family, they lived in Bethlehem. That's where they stayed. They were God-fearing people, lived in Bethlehem. And there was a problem in Bethlehem because they were running out of food. There was a famine there. And so her family, her husband and herself and their children, they made a decision, we're gonna leave Bethlehem because of this problem. And we're gonna move to a place called Moab. That's where we're gonna go live. And we're gonna choose to make that decision. So Naomi and her family then choose to leave Bethlehem, choose to leave the people that they were connected with, choose to leave the God that she was connected with, to go to a place called Moab. So let's pick up the story in Ruth 1 from verse 3. Ruth 1 from verse 3. And it says this, Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. So they've moved now to to, uh, Moab. They've been living there for some time and her husband passes away. That's not so great, right? Her husband passes away. The story goes on in verse four to say that her sons, they married a Moabite woman, one named Orpah and the other named Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, the story doesn't get any better for her, both Molon and Kilion also died, that's her two sons, And Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. So yeah, she moves to this place. After she's been there for a while, she loses her husband, loses her children. She's just left with her two daughter-in-laws. And obviously, she's now starting to grieve. She's starting to grieve. And so she makes a decision. She says, you know what? I want to go back to Bethlehem. I want to go back to my people. I want to go back to the place where I know I'll be looked after and cared. And I want to regain these connections. And so she wants to make that decision to go back. But if you study the story a lot deeper, her grief was not, so, not just because of the loss of her loved ones. Her grief was also because she lost connection with her God. She lost connection with her people that would support her, loving people that were around her. You see, the place that she stayed in, in Moab, they didn't worship the God that Naomi worshipped. They worshipped false idols. That's what they worshipped. So she wants to go back to that place where she knows, even though it may have been challenging there, they would have supported me. They would have helped me on this journey. I wouldn't find myself alone like I'm finding myself now. I still would have had my connection with my God. I wouldn't have been so isolated. So she makes that decision to go back and she says to her two daughter-in-laws, I wanna give you a choice. You can either come with me and we can go back to Bethlehem or you can stay here in Moab where you come from. You can make that choice It's totally up to you. So let's pick up that story now in verse number 14 in the book of Ruth chapter one. And it says, at this, they wept again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. We're gonna read some words that Ruth is very famous for saying. She says this, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. Those are quite strong words, amen. So we see then from this portion of scripture that they both had a choice to make. Ruth chooses, she makes the choice to stay with Naomi and to keep her connection with Naomi. That's what, what she chooses to do. If you read the rest of this account, you will see that Ruth's life changes amazingly. She becomes blessed. Her life really starts to, to increase and she, she really has a great blessed life. Yet, Orpah chooses to drop her connection with Naomi and Ruth and stay in Moab. And you know what, you never hear about her again. There's nothing more mentioned about her. You don't know what happened to her life as a result of the choice that she made. So let me ask you, why would Orpah choose to drop her connection with Ruth and Naomi? Why would she choose to drop this connection? Evidently, they were a close family, they were a loving family, they were a caring family. Why would you choose to give that all up? Before we are too hard on her for the choices that she makes, we find ourselves dropping the connection that God intends us to have. We often do that. We make decisions that don't please the Lord. We drop connection that God intends us to keep in order for us to succeed in life. But many times, we let go of the things that God wants us to hold on to. So tonight, I want us to identify three things that we can find ourselves holding on to that cause us to drop the connections that God wants us to have. Are you ready for them? We're gonna look at three this evening. The first one is we find ourselves holding on to conflict. We hold on to conflict. Instead of just letting it go, we hold on to it. We see Naomi, when she left Bethlehem, she left because there was a problem. She held more to the problem than to her people So she moved away because of the problem. Instead of saying, I'm just gonna let this go and I'll get through this. But that's nothing new. Many people do the same thing. We hold on to the challenge. It's hurting us too much. We're rather just gonna move away from people. Maybe it's at your place of work where there was a challenge and you say, well, I'm just gonna resign, I'm just gonna go. And you hold on to that conflict rather than letting it go. And I know of people that made that decision and six months to a year later they were unemployed still couldn't find work because they chose to rather hold the conflict instead of say, you know what? I'll just move on. I'll let it go. It happens here. It happens in the church. I know of people that they just didn't like something that happened in the church. So they would rather hold on to that thing that hurt them or disappointed them or didn't go their way and they leave. And then when you hear about them six months or a year's time, they're not in any church. They're not serving the Lord. Doesn't that hurt your heart? Rather, just let it go. It happens in our homes, families, spouses, children. They have conflicts with each other. They just want to hold on to the smallest things instead of just letting it go. They rather hold on to those things and drop the connections that they should rather keep over a small thing. Just let it go. Family, let me say to you, drop the conflict and hold on to the connection. Just drop it. Can you imagine if our Lord Jesus was like that? And he said, you know what, they've offended me, they've beaten me when I didn't deserve it, they mistreated me when I didn't deserve it, I'm just gonna hold on to that. I'm not gonna let that go, we wouldn't exist today, Christianity wouldn't exist, aren't you grateful? He said, just let it go, forgive them Father, for they know not what they do, amen, that's what he did. He said, I'm just gonna let the conflict go. The second thing we start, we find ourselves holding on to, is we hold on to comfort. Comfort, oh, it's just so much easier to do it this way. Comfort, comfort may be easier, family, but it's not always better. Just because it's easy doesn't mean it's better. Well, you know what? I'm not picking on you guys at home, but it's easier just to watch the service from home. It's just easier. I can stay in my jammies. It's easier. But family, you're missing out on a corporate anointing that you're not getting at home. You're holding on to a comfort. It's a thing in life. If you, want to, if you want more of God, if you want to go and soar higher with the things of God, you have to get up in the morning and pray. But we hold on to our comfort. I'd rather just stay in bed. And we find we have more dreams and visions and no debris. <laughs> we hold on to those things because it's more comfortable. You see, you must know this. Listen to me, church. For you to remain connected will always come at a sacrifice of your comfort. It will always. Relationships take effort. Anything in life that's worth having takes effort. If it's easy, anybody can have it. But it takes effort. So we must make sure that we don't hold on to what's comfortable at the price of our connections. You see, God is more interested in your character than your comfort. God is more interested in your character than your comfort. And character is only developed in the doing of life. When things happen, that's when your character is developed. The third thing that we find ourselves sometimes holding on to at the at at price of our connections is we hold on to clutter. Well, what is clutter? What do we mean by that? Clutter are the unnecessary things in your life. All the unnecessary things in your life that you have. The things that are preventing you from having the best that God has for you. You see, this world is very good at handing you things you don't need. It's called clutter. And you hold on to those things at the price of your connections. I mean, for example, unnecessary subscriptions, unnecessary uh, time on our phones, looking at people's lives and seeing what they're doing. And you remember a few weeks ago when I spoke to you, I said to you that the average person will spend nine and a half years of their life on their phone. For what? We hold on to stuff. Have I got all the likes I want? Who's following me? Who's not following me? <laughs> Who am I a friend with? Who am I not a friend with? People you're never probably going to see in your life but we hold on to that stuff, we'd rather have that, all these things, instead of spending time with the Lord. We'd rather sit and watch hours and hours of a program or a TV, and I'm not against that, but you have gotta be disciplined to know when to draw the line. And then we get to bed late, we have all this clutter, and then we wonder why we can't wake up and spend time with the Lord in the morning. Clutter, we hold on to those things because we think we'd rather, that we need them more than we need these connections. Now, you might be here this evening and say, well, you know, Pastor Greg, I don't hold on to conflict, comfort, or clutter. I don't have that in my life. I really don't, and probably many of you don't, which is wonderful. So let me just throw out another warning to you. If you don't have any of those things, if you don't hold on to conflict, you don't hold on to comfort, and you're not holding on to clutter, there is a guy called the devil, and his greatest joy, his greatest delight in life is to bring disconnections. He loves to disconnect. He likes to get between and make sure the connections are broken. With us, with God, with people, he loves to do that. We all love being on the internet, right? We love searching stuff on the internet. How many of you have been working on the internet, doing all your stuff on the internet? And then you go away from your workplace for a while, maybe a few hours, you come back again and you're trying to work and you see there's no internet connection. And you look at it, the little modem's still there, the lights on, your computer's on, you've got power, but there's no connection. You try everything you know. You then phone the the support team. Hey, guys, listen, man, I've got no connection. And what do they always tell you to do? Have you rebooted your computer? It's always the first thing, you know? I've done all of that. Okay, well, have you got power? Yeah, no, everything's on. Wonderful, wonderful. Tell me, is your Ethernet cable maybe plugged out? No, of course it can't be plugged out. And you go and look, and there's the cable unplugged. Maybe somebody was cleaning and unplugged it. And your connection was dropped, but you didn't take the time to check those connections and in life we have to always evaluate and always check is our connection strong are our connections good pastor chris ellis tells me a story this week i had to throw it in sorry pastor chris he was doing some work on his gate motor It wasn't working and he kept on asking his wife is the power on yes no the power's on and he tries everything goes to the guy checks the boards checks the remotes no no yeah everything's working fine the motor should be working he says you sure the power's not on Power's off. Now the power's on. He says, let me just go check myself. There's the plug switched off. (laughs) All you have to do is just check that there's power. Just check check your connection. What I want to say is we need to take time, family, to check our connection. So if you are here this evening and you feel that your life is anxious, you're sad, and there's just no joy, check your connection. Maybe you're saying, you know what, I just don't get my prayers answered. I'm praying, but God's not answering my prayers. Check your connection. Perhaps you're saying, I just don't feel I have direction in my life. My life just seems to be going nowhere and I'm not hearing from God from what to do. Check your connection. And so tonight I wanna give you three things you need to check. There are many, but these three need to be on the top of your list. These three things that you need to do to check that you're connected in these three areas. And here's the first one. Are you ready? We must choose, to make sure our connection is choose to be connected to God's presence. It's a choice, family. Choose to be connected to God's presence. You know, James four verse eight says this, come near to God. That's effort, right? That's effort, you gotta do something. Come near to God and he will come near to you. If you wanna enjoy God's presence, you need to make sure that connection is right. We, one of our values here at Christian Family Church is to know God. You're doing that right now, because you're in church. Knowing God by being in church, checking your connection, sitting under the Word, worshiping the Lord. You're here tonight. This is checking your connection. You're connected. Well done. That's one of the ways. We need to choose to come near to God. It's our choice. So we need to check, where am I in my relationship to God? When, when I'm good and my connection with God is good, then when we can enjoy what Psalm 1611 says. It says this. When you're connected, it says, you will show me the path of life. And in your presence is fullness of joy. Where? In his presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Family, when we choose to be connected to God's presence, we can enjoy these things. But it does take effort. It takes a responsibility. It takes you getting up and coming to church like you've done. It takes you getting up and spending time with God. It takes you getting up and reading the word. Those are things you need to check. You need to evaluate yourself. How's my word reading? Is that connection good? Or is it a little bit broken? I shared a stat also when I ministered the last time that if you read the Bible three days or less, it has little to zero effect in your life. But when you go from four to five, it changes dramatically, changes dramatically in every area of your life by spending time in the word of God. That's a connection. That's how we choose to be connected to God's presence is by doing things like that. The second thing, is to choose to be connected to God's people. Choose to be connected to God's people. You know, uh, the first problem in the Bible wasn't sin. You've heard this before, the first problem in the Bible wasn't sin. The first problem in the Bible was solitude, isolation. God said it is not good that man should be alone. And many people wanna just do things by themselves. Jesus says in Matthew 18, 20, he says, for where two or three gather, not one, Where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. So God wants us to be with godly people. He wants you to spend time with godly people. Be connected. Spend time with them. Be in church. Get into a group. Join a dream team. Be part of that. Because that's what God wants for you. You were not made to do life alone. You need people around you. When you're down, to lift you up. When they're down, you lift them up. God intended it that way, amen? You know, the very first thing Jesus did before he started his ministry, you can go read it, the very first thing he did is he chose some disciples. Did you notice that? He didn't go it alone by himself for two, three years and say, ah, I better find some guys to, to take along with me. No, the very first thing he does is he gets people to come along the journey with him. We can learn from that. We wanna have breakthrough in our prayer. Look at Matthew 18:19. 19, it says, I tell you this, if two of you agree down here on earth, Concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. God is interested in unity, family. He wants a unified body. He's into family. That's what He is. He's into family. And it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are one. They're not divided. One's not on the honeymoon. One's on a holiday. They're all together. They're committed. They're together. He wants us to be the same. We need to make that choice to be connected. That's how we walk in freedom and victory at Christian Family Church. It's one of our other values. To find freedom means to walk life with others because real life change happens in the context of relationships. Get involved, be in a group, join a dream team, be with godly people. That's one of the other things that you need to check on your connection. The third one is this. Choose to be connected to God's power. Choose to be connected to God's power. What is that? Let's read James 5, 16. It says this, The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. I'll read you the same portion of Scripture from the the Passion Translation. It says this, Tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of godly believers. If we wanna experience the power of God, we need to have a prayer life. I'm so grateful that Apostle Theo is teaching on prayer. I'm really loving it. I trust you are as well. If for whatever reason you've missed it, get the last, I think part three, eh Clive? The last three, watch them. This morning's was awesome. Didn't you love it this morning? Prayer, we need to understand this, family, listen to me. You need to check that connection. What is your prayer life like? If you're wondering why there's no power operating in your life, Evaluate your prayer time, evaluate your prayer time. You need to be spending time in prayer. Why don't you bring out my assistant so long? I brought in an assistant with me to church. Here he comes over here. This target was running around in Edenvale and we actually found him. We we caught him, the Edenvale target. You see this guy, caught him in Edenvale. So this is Bob, I wonder why his name's Bob, because just Bob's around. That's Bob, brought him to church. You know, when you were a a youngster, when I grew up, they used to call us lighties. You know, when you're a small thing, the young young people say, what's a lightie? When you're a small little choker key. When you were a little guy, maybe you had one of these toys. And when your parents gave you this toy, you'd give this thing a smack, right? And he would come back. And it doesn't matter how hard you hit him, he would always come back. So you think to yourself, you know, maybe when I'm a bit older, I'll have enough power to knock him over and he won't come back. But he always keeps on coming back. No matter how hard you hit him, he just comes back all the time. And when you look closer, you will find out that there's nothing on the outside of him that causes him to come back. But it's what's on the inside. It's that foundation that he's built on. That he's connected to God's presence. He's connected to God's people that is connected to God's power. No matter what blows you get in life, if you have those things, you'll bounce back. If they lie about you, you can bounce back. If they say things about you that you don't like, you will bounce back. Maybe they don't uh, treat you well, you can bounce back. Maybe you're not their favorite and they say so, you bounce back. Why? Because your foundation is strong. You're You staying connected with the things of God, family. And life will give you some hard blows. Jesus said so. Listen, He said in the book of Luke, He said, When the flood comes, not if. He didn't say if, he said it's coming. And so you'll be able to bounce back if you have the right connections that you're choosing to stay connected to God's people, His power and His presence, family. It's what's lying on the inside. It's your foundation that'll cause you to bounce back. And so I wanna encourage you to make a decision to stay connected. Work at it. Check your connections. How am I doing Am I faithfully in church every weekend? I need to be in His presence. Am I really connecting with God's people? Am I spending time? Am I making the effort to be part of a group? Am I making the effort to join a team here at the church to make a difference? And am I, do I have a life of prayer? And if you will make sure you're connected in those areas, no matter what life brings you, even if it's a surprise from behind, you'll bounce back. Amen. And I want to encourage you with that this evening. And so we want to pray for some people. I'm going to ask the pastors and the group leaders to come forward. If you're a group leader, you're a coach, lead team member, come forward. And this is what we want to pray for you this evening. If you are sitting here this evening, and you know those connections are not where they used to be, you're not as church as regular as you'd like to be or should be. You don't have a great prayer life. It's not what it should be. You really are finding yourself isolating from God's people and not spending time with them. Then we want to pray for you this evening. Now, this is a time nobody's yet to look down at you. This is a time for you to say, I'm going to make the choice and be reconnected. And I'm going to invite you to come forward. And all these leaders are going to do is come into agreement with you. Remember, we prayed Matthew 18. We said, if any two agree, if you will come forward and say, I want to reconnect. I, want, I just want to come into agreement with me that I'll, I'll walk this walk the way God intends me to. I, I will make sure that I'm praying, reading the word. I'm in church. I'm connected through, through people, through groups and being part of a team here. That's who, we, well, we want to pray for those to so make that dedication. So you can start coming forward right now for that they'll pray with you. And then I'm going to invite the rest of us to stand and we're going to worship God. The, the worship team is going to lead us in worshiping God. One of the ways you can be connected to God's presence to be a people that worship. Amen. So you can, you can stand and we're going to pray uh, We're going to worship together. Maybe you just want a fresh touch from God. Come forth. Come forth. Let these leaders pray with you this evening. But for the rest of us, let's worship the Lord and then I'll be back with you in a moment. Thank you, worship team. You can take it from there. Thank you. If you're here this evening or watching online, and you know that you have no connection with God. You've never prayed a prayer to invite Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. And friend, I want to pray that prayer for you. So if you wouldn't mind just bowing your heads and closing your eyes at this time. The Word of God says in Romans that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we will be saved. In other words, we'll have a good connection with God. We'll be in right standing with Him. Maybe you've never prayed that prayer. Tonight's your night, friend. So I want to invite you and give you an opportunity. You stay in your seat. I'm not asking you to come out to me. I'm not going down to you. But in a moment, I want to just pray a prayer for you. And I'm going to ask you while heads are bowed and eyes are closed in a little while, just to raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. And we're going to pray a prayer with you. And you can know for sure after you've prayed this prayer that you're in right standing with God. Your sins have been paid for. You've come into the family of God. Perhaps you are out there and you're saying, you know, I used to serve the Lord, but my relationship with Him has grown cold. I want to reconnect. And if that's you, we'll pray for you as well. And my third and final invitation is to anybody here this evening who says, Pastor, I don't know what's going to happen to me when I breathe my last. I don't know if I'll make it to heaven or if I'll go into the flames of hell and I don't want to go there. Well, friend, if you will also raise your hand when I count to three, then I will include you in that prayer. And you can know for sure that heaven is your home and you're right standing with God. So while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, as I count to three, you want to come to Jesus for the first time, you want to make that decision. You want to reconnect uh, with God again, you want to uh, take a step to come back into relationship with Him, or you want to know for sure that when you breathe your last, you'll go to heaven, why don't you raise your hands now at the count of three. One, two, three. Just raise your hand high. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. Well done. Good decision over there. Good decision. Anybody at the back? God bless you. Well done. Great decision. I need to know I'm right with God. Friend, if you raise your hand now, I'll pray a prayer with you. God bless you, sir. Well done. Good decision. That's wonderful. If you're online, you can pray this prayer as well with us. Now, I'm going to ask that those that raise their hand to pray this prayer out aloud with me, but I'm going to invite everybody here tonight to pray along with you as well. So, but especially those that have raised their hand, let's all say this together. Say this, dear heavenly father, I come to you tonight just as I am. Please forgive me for every sin. I do believe Jesus is Lord and that he was raised from the dead. I choose today to forgive every person who has hurt me or offended me. Because of my decision tonight, I now know I'm in right standing with you. Heaven is my home, and you are my loving Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Fulmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God.